Hello everyone, welcome back to Haunted 518. Today I'm drinking mm, Lion's Winter Ale by the Granville Island Brewing. Um, and it's a winter ale that combines premium malt with aromatic specialty hops. But it's the vanilla-like flavor of this robust ale that makes it a winter favorite. And um, it goes well with sweeter, full-flavored foods and cream-based sauces. It's good. It's a little bit more amber than I usually drink, but it's definitely a good choice for wintertime. Make sure it's super cold. So to start this episode off, I actually wanted to talk about beer a little bit more. <laughs> um, because as you can surmise by the title of the episode, Indigo Children, I thought to look up if there is any indigo children themed beers or indigo themed beers so I did find two and it looks like they're super limited edition I was gonna buy one to have shipped to me if possible for this episode but it looks like the only two I could find unfortunately were small batch so one of them is Twin City from Twin City Brewing and that's up in um, Canada and this one was called Indigo Child and there's a picture of it and it is like this deep purple indigo color it's absolutely gorgeous looking it looks delicious to drink and it looks and they launched it back in 2019 and it said it was a psychedelic small batch in a dry hopped sour with butterfly pea blossoms um so one of the one of the employees brought it up and so they tried it it's fruit it's tart, fruity, and slightly grassy. Um, it pours a mesmerizing purple with fuchsia highlights and indigo-tinted off-white head. So, yeah, I wish I was drinking that right now. <laughs> and then I also found um, the beer Indigo Child, and that was from the Wild Beer Co. and to and Tokalmato. And that was a limited edition. And the good thing about this one is it's 8% alcohol by volume. And um, it's a sour beer. And it's a part of their rainbow collaboration, a series of one-off brews that comes in seven beer colors from red to violet. And this one, as you guessed, is indigo. It's a murky brown with the slightest plum tinge. On pouring, it leaves a gloopy, yeasty residue in the bottom of the bottle and smells sapidly sour. It tastes like it is the filling in my Brayburn apple and blackberry crumble that's both sweet and just on the right side of sour. And there's a gentle tartness of red gooseberries too. And uh, like I said, at 8%, one bottle is enough, but it's gonna make you want more, so. That one, again, is from the Wild Beer Co. and Tokalmato. That's the name of the company. And the beer was called Indigo Child. So, so yeah. So, I thought we'd start off by talking about what the heck an Indigo Child is, Indigo Children are. I have heard mediums talk about it and psychics, so I thought it would be worth delving into to dedicate an episode to, just because it's fascinating and... I don't know, I fit in that time frame age-wise, and we'll get into that, and um, I didn't know too much about it, but I feel very uh, <laughs> akin to how they think. So, in a world that has lost touch with its soul, the indigo child is here as a light bearer, path forger, and paradigm shifter. Although the concept of indigo children originated in the 1970s, there have been groups of individuals all through the ages whose mission and purpose have been to awaken humanity. If you're an old soul who feels a strong and profound urge to create change in society, you are likely an indigo child. 
So what exactly is an indigo child? Also referred to as a crystal or star child, an indigo child is a person who has come into this world destined to create change and spiritually awaken humanity. Indigo children are considered to be free thinkers with profound insight into the human condition and an ability to see the truth clearly. As spiritually gifted old souls, indigo children find it hard to fit into mainstream society and often become misunderstood, rejected, or misdiagnosed and medicated. The indigo child is also thought to possess strong intuition and varying spiritual gifts such as the ability to communicate with spirit guides or see visions. So the primary role of the indigo child seems to revolve around exposing truth and deception. From a young age, indigo children are able to see through the illusions, half-truths, and falsehood rife in society. To their parents and teachers, they may seem like overly inquisitive, headstrong, and even obnoxious children. As precocious truth-tellers, child and adult indigos can't help but see through the bullshit facades of other people and expose them. This desire to bring the truth to light seems to be written into the indigo child's DNA. Enlightened teacher Jiddu Krishnamurti sums up the indigo child's philosophy when he writes, It is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Many people criticize the indigo child concept as being one that can be misused by parents seeking to make their children look special, particularly if they have special needs. Others claim that signs of being an indigo child are so vague that they can apply to anyone, and this is also called the forer effect. While it is true that indigo ch- the indigo child label can be misused, just as any label can, the true signs of an indigo child are so specific that they cannot be wildly applied to every person. As mentioned above, indigo children are obsessed with finding the truth. This cannot be said of every person or every child. Every rule, belief, structure, and institution will be questioned and ruthlessly challenged by the indigo child. This trait is truly unusual and extraordinary. It is also common for people to criticize the indigo child label as being delusional. While all labels and concepts used to describe the ego are illusory constructs of the mind, finding a sense of affinity with the indigo child label is extremely beneficial. Identifying with this label helps us to develop self-understanding and acceptance, which are important elements of spiritual growth. It is common for the indigo child to be misdiagnosed with behavioral issues such as ADD, ADHD, and other mood disorders. Because of their headstrong and free-thinking nature, such children are often feared, misunderstood, therefore medicated at young ages. Unfortunately, medications such as Ritalin and Adderall often end up numbing the indigo child and causing them to lose contact with their intuitive capacities and truth-seeking nature. And um, it is said that Indigo children, just a fun fact, are said to have been born between 1978 and 1988. Um, So chances are you might have one in your life already, or you might even be one if you're curious. Um, I was born in 1986, and yeah, the older I get, I was always known as kind of like a um, pretty indignant child, and I have always been an advocate for animals over humans to a fault. And I've lost a lot of people in my life because of it. And I definitely am told that uh, I'm in the wrong a lot of the time. And I'm constantly, now as I get older, kind of questioning where things come from and 
really just observing how much of the people around me in my life, you know, friends and family, extended friends and family just aren't as, I guess, sensitive to those things. And it's just getting worse as I get older. I'm sure my friends can attest to that, that uh, I get annoying sometimes with it. So I do, or indigo child or not, I do uh, feel very akin to how, how these people think. Um, so I wanted to talk about the 17 signs of an indigo child. So the first one is you are strong-willed. You are a passionate person who will do anything it takes to accomplish your goals or dreams. Even if other people criticize or don't support you, you still keep going no matter what. Number two, you're an old soul. You feel as though you've been, lived many lifetimes and possess a wisdom that others your age don't yet have. As a child, you may have behaved like an old man or woman, and as an adult, you have a deeply spiritual and philosophical outlook on life. Number three, you're a free thinker. No idea or belief is too holy for you to dissect or reject. You prefer to think for yourself rather than blindly following the crowd. As an indigo child, questioning is everything to you. Number four, you're a headstrong nonconformist. As a child or teenager, you may have been thought of as naughty, obnoxious, disobedient, and contrarian. As an adult, you still cannot stand being boxed in or controlled by others. As a headstrong nonconformist, you prefer to find your own truth and forge your own path. Number five, you're a passionate truth seeker. Truth to you is of primary importance. You are always seeking to distinguish truth and reality from lies and deception. When you are around others, you can immediately tell when someone is lying or hiding something. Although the truth hurts, you honor it above all else. You would prefer to suffer from the truth than be happy believing lies. Number six, you're perceptive and intelligent. You can see and understand things about humanity and life that most other people don't perceive. Your keen perception allows you to discover the truth about the human condition and how to ultimately help. Number seven, you are highly intuitive. Your keen perception also makes you highly intuitive. You can often intuit the best course of action as well as know things about others that are secret or hidden. Number eight, you want to change the world. Deep in your heart, you feel a driving force to create positive change on this planet. As an indigo child, you know that your destiny is to be a paradigm changer and destroyer. This strong sense of purpose forms the axis of your decisions. Whatever it is not aligned with your inner sense of purpose quickly dissolves in favor of soul-based decisions. Number nine, you're empathetic and compassionate. You care so much about this planet and other people that it often hurts. Every time you see or hear of violence, destruction, and cruelty, you feel sorrow and anger. Your high level of empathy and compassion means that you often struggle with anxiety or depression. Number 10. You're a change-making leader. Since you were little, you've always gravitated towards leadership. You may find it hard to work in teams or for other people and function better when you're in charge of working for yourself. You find it difficult to obey authority, particularly when that authority is corrupt, illogical, or outdated. You want to be offer better, wiser, and healthier ways to live life, making you destined to be a spiritual elder. Number 11. You're idealistic. You have a high expectations for yourself and other people. While idealism can be a positive trait, it can also carry disadvantages, such as being overly critical or demanding. 
Nonetheless, your idealism is what helps you strive for the highest and do the absolute best you can for the planet. Number 12, you have a loner or autonomous personality. As a free spirit, you don't like to be held down by anyone or anything. You find it difficult to be around too many people at once and often prefer to spend time in your own company. As a lover of autonomy, you enjoy solitude and the insight it can bring. Number 13, you're highly creative. Your nonconformist brain loves to express itself through art and creativity, whether it be drawing, dancing, singing, building, painting, writing, or crafting, you love creative self-expression. Number 14, you have a strong connection with nature and animals. As an empathic and compassionate person, you gravitate towards the natural world. You feel most at home when you're near the ocean or surrounded by trees and animals. Nature is so pure and grounding that you find it a welcome break from the pretension of humanity. Another fifth, number 15, you're drawn towards spirituality over religion. To you, spirituality is falling in love with the message and religion is loving the messenger. As an indigo child, you are drawn towards the truth in its purest form, not diluted by dogma or fundamentalist teachings. Number 16, you struggle with boredom. Because of your sharp and inquisitive mind, you tend to struggle with routine and conventional structures. As a result of your tendency to get bored easily, you may have been misdiagnosed with ADD or ADHD as a child. And number 17, you are prone to experiencing existential angst. Existential anxiety and depression go far beyond usual anxiety and depression, and this is because it is more concerned with life itself than the self. As an indigo child, you tend to ask questions such as, why do we suffer? What is the meaning of life? Why is there injustice? And why was I born? Such deep philosophical questions can cause you to lose interest in the meaningless pursuits carried out by the majority of humanity. So other, just a few other potential traits of indigo children can include tendency towards addiction to numb feelings. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Yeah, I definitely participate in that. Seeking only loyal friendships, proud or bossy, fiery tempered, more sensitive to environmental and food pollutants, and spiritual gifts such as clairvoyance or telepathy. Um... And uh, indigo children are here to provoke change in a time where conscious growth is more desperately needed than ever. Um, So if you've discovered that you're an indigo child, you might benefit from the following tips. To stay grounded, try practicing mindful breathing. Practice meditation each day. Practice emotional acceptance. Familiarize yourself with the spiritual awakening process and how it is linked to existential depression. Create, Create... excuse me, creatively express yourself and your visionary ideas. You may even like to try practices such as automatic writing to help you get in touch with your soul and regularly spend time in nature to unwind and regain balance. Um, Yes, I go into nature, into the woods every single day. Personally, I have to. (laughs) I'll go crazy if I don't. Um, So yeah, so the next thing I wanted to do was play a interesting video that I found on the internet. Like I said, I don't know terribly much about all of this. This is pretty new to me. So a lot of this seems like... um, 
I don't know, a little farther out there than I'm used to considering to a degree, at least this video, but I thought it was really interesting. So yeah, sit back and relax and um, enjoy enjoy this video, uh, this uh, audio, I'm sorry, of um, uh, a an episode called The Chosen Ones, and it's season one, episode four, and it's called Inside the Strange Psychic World of Indigo Children. And it's got like uh, interviews with actual indigo children and then um and then join us afterwards because I'm actually going to walk you guys through figuring out what color your aura is there's an actual test that I took and I was like oh that's fun so I thought it would be super fun because it all ties together um with everything so yeah sit back relax and enjoy and then I'll see you guys in a little bit for um a fun little fun little quiz thinking just say i am color x what color do you think you are sort of a creamy orange a creamy orange yes, okay off white like you might have had your walls in the late 90s we are going to do your aura photo we find more often than not people will actually get their color right we have a sense of who we are I can't wait let's uh, see what happens put your hands on okay. these plates feels so a little bit like the electric chair there's a little a little danger here okay here we go an aura is a colored band that some people say they can see around a human body, showing its spiritual state. Few can see them, but I found a man called Eric Sage who said he had a camera that could do just that. It seemed like an odd job, looking up people's auras every day. A bit awkward to be stepping in on something so private. But I suppose Eric was a professional, like a gynecologist or such. That's pretty good. This is Tinder Gold, right here. <laughs> When I was four, I had many visions of meeting God, meeting new people. Indigo children. Astral beings sent to guide us all to a higher plane, or hyper-children running around with untreated ADD. How can you tell if your child is gifted or has a disorder? Some parents and even some doctors believe that a number of children today are gifted with psychic powers. They call them indigo children. The term has been around since the 1970s coined by psychologist and medium Nancy Ann Tapp, who claimed she'd noticed a sharp uptick in the number of babies born with indigo-colored auras. But it was in the 90s that the phenomenon took off in the mainstream, thanks to the book The Indigo Children, The New Kids Have Arrived, by husband and wife team Lee Carroll and Jan Tobo. Say you're an indigo, um, and somebody comes up to you and asks you a question about their life, and you can tell them what it was and how it happened, they entered all of our homes. Oprah featured them, documentaries exposed them, and all across America, thousands of parents refused to swallow their kids' ADHD medicine, rejecting medical diagnoses in favor of declaring their kids as indigo. I think it's a stab at trying to apply a more positive label to these children rather than the more pejorative terms like ADHD. Many of the kids who were raised in its shadows are now adults. Do they still see it as their glorious destiny, or as something much less benign? So what about the fucking indigos out in the building? Let me hear real quick. I've come to America to see how brightly the indigo movement's aura is still shining. My journey began in New York, where I was in Sheepshead Bay to meet a full-blown adult indigo. It's been hard to put a definition on what exactly indigo is. 
The Indigos are a leaderless group, but Edward, the man I'm about to meet, is at least the leader of the New York City Indigo Meetup group. So perhaps he'll have some ideas. Edward claimed to be on an intense spiritual journey, which was in part why his apartment contained no furniture. He first diagnosed himself Indigo over a decade earlier after an online test. Hello, Edward. I'm Gavin. I've come over from England to search about Indigo children. I gather you're the boss of the NYC meetup group for Indigos. Yes, I'm, I'm the founder. So what are the key Indigo traits? Highly psychic or intuitive. Many of them will capable of healing other people, whether emotionally or energetically or physically. Non-conformity to anything from school to parents to jobs. That is why many of them out of place. They just plain simple different. There is no label to it. It's not ADD or ADHD. It's um, it just a different vibrational, energetical type of, of a person. The whole notion of, of indigos, the whole idea is pretty much to change the way of the world in every aspect. Hmm. And what are you here to do differently? My spiritual journey to help people, to bring the change individually as well as on a group level through spiritual awakening, conscious awakening, and change all the patterns you acquired one lifetime after another. Um, I mean, could you perhaps read my past lives? I, I will need to shut my eyes for a moment to give you an answer for that all that. Um, Edward didn't seem to be getting any information about my past life. Was that the psychic's protective boredom threshold kicking in? Even I wasn't sure. So, okay, so it's very interesting. First of all, I am not getting any information about your past life, but still some information came through that I was told to relate to you. Okay. And that information actually, first of all, you are an indigo yourself. You are an indigo. I'm an indigo. Yourself, first of all. Second of all, uh, it, 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 it is so. Find your core. Find what moves you and makes your soul and your heart sing. And do that. You will be able to bring a lot of changes and beauty to this world in your own way. Okay. Well, and on that uh, I-bomb bombshell, uh, this is Gavin Haynes, indigo, uh, signing off with uh, Edward Tarashansky, indigo-ish. Yeah. Very nice meeting you, brother. Edward's message to find what moves me was inspiring, but as what moved me was cockfighting and the films of Michael Bay, perhaps I was going to struggle to bring much joy into the wider world. The upside to being diagnosed Indigo was that I was now part of a kind of extended family. I wanted to go meet more of my brothers and sisters, so I went to see the brands. Idel, who was a holistic dentist, and her daughter, Diandra, who was an Indigo healer. Hello. Holistic dentistry, it turns out, was just like regular dentistry, but with tuning forks sending out psychic vibrations, spiritually charged crystals for patients to hold during their root canal, and funky esoteric necklaces. So, not much like regular dentistry then. What does holistic dentistry entail? Holistic dentistry entails um, working with materials for the patient's highest good. You want to use uh, dental materials that are biocompatible. Therefore, you don't want to use anything that's toxic, like silver mercury fillings are very bad. We also avoid fluoride, because fluoride also is a neurotoxin. Uh, Deandra, you are an indigo? Yes. 
at 16, I became a full-blown intuitive. I started seeing angels around people. I started seeing colors. That's the etheric field, the chakras on people. Uh, and then I started talking to other forms, so angels, archangels, ascended masters, god, goddesses, etc. So for me, it wasn't about separating myself or thinking that it was weird or different. It was just about knowing that there's something more and what can I do with this gift. We've written this book, Enlightened Indigo Child, so that parents and children together can learn what they need to do to have a very healthy child. All these kids are being institutionalized and labeled with some horrible mental or emotional disease which they don't really have. I mean with the example of, of Deandra, was, was she ever labeled? As, well she was uh, labeled as uh, having a, some sort of disability, a learning disability. He has a child who's absolutely brilliant in more ways than one and uh, we have a teacher who thinks she's got a problem. Okay. I know my child better than any teacher. I know she doesn't have a problem. If anyone has a problem it's the teacher and the school system. The brands offered to show me one of the services that made their dentistry holistic, specially made tuning forks to detox the body and balance its energies. The reason why we got into this was because I had my own challenges. I had Lyme disease for eight years. And when I had it, I was quite handicapped. Conventional medicine said that I would never be well and I should just close up my practice and go on permanent disability. And that was gone when I took the, the weekend course in the tuning forks. It changed me. It changed my whole life. Sitting in the dentist chair, having tuning forks waved around me, felt very luxurious. It was a bit like when I was a kid and they had calming pictures of Donald Duck on the ceiling at the dentist. seemed to place a lot of weight on her daughter's specialness, and the dynamic between them was certainly intense. A St. Elmo's fire of the auric field. Flemington, New Jersey. When we heard that there was going to be a psychic fair at the local Elk Lodge, my own psychic sense told me that maybe we could find an indigo or two here. Well, the stones have all different properties. For example, we have like our rose quartz. Yeah. When you're looking for love. Uh, can we get a couple of them? How much are they? They're three dollars a pop. Bargain. Are you indigo? Do you know any indigos? Yes, I'm an indigo. Are you? Yes. Okay. How does it feel? Um, it was interesting. Now, as an adult, I can say I was out of body, and I was more comfortable out in nature or in solitude than I was comfortable at school or with other kids. So what are you doing here at the fair? I am, I'm a shamana, which means a female healer. So I'm doing etheric surgery and armor removal, which means I scan a person's auric field to see what structures are there that are blocking the flow of spiritual energy. Well, it sounds like very important work and uh, thank you very much for sharing. Thank you, thank you so much. Not only was this a one-stop mediclinic for etheric surgery, the psychic fair was also full of the usual clairvoyants, gemstone salesmen, and auric artists. Uh, not the artwork. Uh, Thank what's, you. Is there something representational here? Chromotherapy, color healing, working with colors. What about indigo? Is that a color uh, which you incorporate within your palette? Yeah, indigo is a very powerful color. Are you aware of the, the concept of indigo children? 
I have an indigo child. Do you? I do. And uh, what is it like to be an indigo mother? And is that is a special thing? Well, you kind of buckle up and sit yeah. back and relax as best as you can because they're always on the go. They're very knowledgeable. They're very insightful to the point where it can be a little bit spooky sometimes how they know things. Was this child asked to be put on medication at any point? I uh, pretty much refused medication. Okay. We used um, sugared iced tea. What's that? Um, iced tea okay, that has yeah. sugar uh, because it reverses, it calms them down. Like uh, if she had a test, she would get really, really nervous. So in the morning, I would be sure... Because normally sugar would hype kids up. And it has the reverse effect on my daughter. Well, that is one to ponder. Thank you very much for your time. Good to meet you. Turns out I've been treating myself as an indigo for many years for sugared iced tea and didn't even know it. Indigos seem to be plugged into a higher spiritual switchboard. I began to wonder what would happen if I dialed out to modern psychology. It was time to seek out professional help. Thanks so much for sitting down with us. Um, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about your practice? Well, I'm a uh, clinical psychologist and I work with children, teens and adults. I specialize in uh, ADHD. What are the key symptoms of ADHD? Many people know the, the basic ones of uh, lack of focus and inattention, difficulty getting started on tasks, so that's procrastination. And once you get started on something, it's very hard to maintain effort, so you kind of lose effort and focus. Uh, difficulty actually regulating your emotions. That sounds like a lot of people I know. <laughs> it, it's not so much the symptoms as to the severity. I mean, what does treatment involve for ADHD nowadays? Basically, nowadays, uh, Ritalin, Adderall, Concerta, Vyvanse, stimulants are the main treatment. So you very much believe that ADHD and ADD are real things, real entities in the world. These are diagnosable conditions. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier um, a case of a woman who came to you with a child um, who potentially had ADHD, but she had diagnosed as indigo and yeah. taken away from you again. What happens if ADHD goes unchecked? Years of undiagnosed ADHD lead to school failure. And if he's super hyperactive, maybe he can't make friends and keep friends. And uh, year after year of failure uh, compounded, uh, leads to real or uh, pervasive and deep shame about oneself, which is uh, the recipe for you know depression and anxiety and drug use and also and then possibly jail. Uh, recognizing a child with ADHD can can draw well or horseback ride or do something unique, and supporting those gifts is great. But saying that you, uh, without doing anything, is uh, you know are are unique and special and um, different than every other child is not helpful. You think they're making mini monsters, children who can only be isolated? Yes, right. Narcissists. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a bad thing. Yes. The older I've gotten, the more I've realized that my drawing usually is really much better than I think it is when I just don't judge it at all. When yeah. I kind of just draw. And there's no judgment and it's just freestyle. Oh, this is actually yeah. the chakra test that I took online. My indigo third eye was 89% and it was the most active. Yeah. Serafina was diagnosed as indigo at a young age by her mother when she started recognizing her extraordinary gifts. 
were you already interested in the idea of indigo children? Was it something that appealed to you? Very much so. Yeah, very much so. I think from the time I was in my 20s, I began delving into spirituality and the meaning of life, vibrations, past lives. When did you first realize that your daughter was an indigo child? Oh, very, very early on. From the moment that she was an infant, the unique way Serafina sees the world, visually, um, in, in terms of perspective, it's very different. Some people feel that indigo children have been sent here to open up the world yeah, to a, a, a new age. Do you feel that you've been sent here to open up the world to a new age? I feel that I've been sent here not only to benefit those who know me, in terms of giving advice or having a shoulder for someone to cry on or be able to give them a different perspective on life, but also just for me to figure out what I'm here for and figuring out what my journey is. I find I'm constantly learning from her. So each year is just this new discovery of the more yeah. gifts she has. Tell me about your gifts. Um, I can read auras of people that I've been living with for a while, like my mom okay. or my brother. I always realize, like, yeah, she's she has this orange glow about her, and it was something that I always Okay, so it's see. orange. Orange. I don't know. I don't see them. And what about your brother's aura? Um, I'd say my brother's aura is like a light blue. He's definitely blue because I find blue to be like strong and it can kind of be cold or even aggressive. A cold blue. Was it any wonder her brother was called Azure? Serafina seemed to spend a lot of time comparing herself to her older brother. The more she talked of him, the more I sensed the dynamic between them could be the key to something. And um, what was it like growing up with an indigo sister? Serafina is a lot more artistic and creative than I am. Yeah. Um, and she has a very different way of viewing things than I do. And I think that was like obviously a large source of our confrontations. And Academically, like school has come much easier to me than it has to Serafina. That's not yeah. to say with lack of trying on her part. But for me, it was like school was always a second thought. It was like, whatever I want to do, and then sure, I'll get my A's and then move on. Whereas for Serafina, she really had to like sit down and, you know, contain her attention on the one topic at hand. Do you have any interest in that sort of esoteric realm? Are you into vibrations, crystals, those sorts of things? No, that, that, uh, to be completely honest, that, that just, granted, I... Wait, don't finish that thought. I want to hear that. It well, makes you, what? It makes me, like, it makes me laugh almost like, it's like it's a joke. The significance of her being some type of, like, she's a unique individual but like to the, put a label on that and like as an indigo child i am not really you know if, if there's going to be like a new wave where they lead our our world our civilized I, yeah. through their creativity i maybe i don't know but probably not probably not no okay i, I think <laughs> so, they'd, they'd have trouble with their uh, shopping list you know just yeah getting things done azure was right as an indigo i did have a great deal of trouble with my own shopping list but then taking over the world is frankly a completely different skill set In a world of online auto-diagnosis quizzes, Indigo has long since spread its tentacles outside of the realms of psychic fairs to the hip-hop community. Together with the likes of Pro Era and Flatbush Zombies, the underachievers are popularizers of an esoteric rap phenomenon some call Beast Coast, preaching the gospel of Indigo through their music. 
I went to New York's Webster Hall for their homecoming show. So if my motherfucking hand goes out in the building, let me hear real quick. Where my motherfucking in the goes at in the building? Hey, hey, a rebel who are searching for treasure to get so fishing for gold. I found a key to what's it for you guys? I don't think I'll be everywhere I'm at right now. Yeah, for us. You guys made me pop so much. My goal is to unite our generation. I don't think that I'm going to succeed, but in the past two years or three years of us trying to do it passionately, we've come far. I mean, what do you think of the link between ADD and Indigo? Do you think there is a case for the counter argument that, like, some kids diagnose Indigo when they should be on medication? I don't believe in ADHD. Well, because when I was younger, I was, like, smart, but I was, like, very uh, bad in class, like, mischievous. So um, they wanted to put me on Ritalin and, like, Adderall. Thank God for my mom. She was like, no way you doing that shit. I, I seen that they kept telling kids that they had ADHD, a lot of kids inside of my generation. So I started to do research on it online thanks to the internet. I came across Indigo. So then I just went on a mission from then for me telling as many kids, like, yo, you're not hyperactive. You're probably Indigo. That's where it all started for me. So yeah. tell me that. <laughs> Diagnosis Indigo. Yeah, yeah. But is everyone you know Indigo? Is that like a yeah. kind of a blanket statement? I mean, what percentage of your friends Every, are everyone. Indigo? Everyone. Like you are. Yeah. Like everyone is. Everyone. Okay. It's because of the power of the internet, right? It's linking us up in a way that we've never been able to link up before. The Indigo shit became the universal consciousness. That's like my religion and what I believe in. And that's pretty much saying that uh, God is the combination of every single living thing on the planet. But the problem is that we have country lines and we're divided by economic class and weight class and uh, intelligence and color and race and culture and religion and all these different ways that are dividing us. We lose, we lose track of the connection that really keeps us together. Hearing us a talk about this global lattice of weirdos and creatives he was hooking up was as powerful a vision of culture as I'd heard in quite some time. Indigo or no, he was a special kid. As the night wore on, Indigo and Brandy mixed easily. I did also wonder what Indigo was doing to their health because I'd never seen so many medical marijuana prescriptions in my life. Around 1am, Issa decided to teach me a funky new hip-hop dance called The Elephant. My standing had fallen sharply within the rap community since I'd failed to learn how to doogie, so it seemed a chance worth taking. bad spilling his drink but then as an indigo i knew he'd forgive me that's how it works right i'm at the end of my quest i'm exhausted my aura is just a pool of muddy brown cosmic sweat dripped around me i've been promised a series of golden gods but overall i can't say i've been overly convinced by the extrasensory powers of the people i've met overall Indigo seems to be a catch-all for a range of New Age experiences. Talking to angels, colour therapy, sensitivity to others, these have all been around for hundreds of years. Why is Indigo happening now? Because people need it. Like any religion, Indigos externalise a higher power which then validates their own sense of internal specialness. That's not always a problem. The more I've interacted with the Indigo tribe, the more I've come to see them as an important rebuttal to the idea that medicating anyone can solve their problems. Some people just are different. They 
learn differently, they think unconventionally. We're all told we're special. It's just when some people are told they are more special than others that the awkwardness starts to creep in. Okay, so welcome back. That was interesting. I really like the approach of that host because he questions it and I always myself question like when you go to like I've been places that people are selling products related to this and I kind of think to myself well you're no better than the capitalist you know structure that uh spiritualists and quote-unquote indigos kind of go against so stuff like that I've never been interested in and I have to say if I'm an indigo child I'm the most organized tenacious like goal-achieving, non-procrastinating, I just find all of that to be super easy and I've never had a problem with stuff like that and I always have a lot going on and it's never over really overwhelming for me like pro like projects wise, um, personal projects like this podcast has never felt uh, like a burden in any way because um, I enjoy doing it and I've kind of had to learn the ropes over the past year doing it and I did take a break over the summer so I can get some other things done but um, definitely interesting because I feel so akin to the idea of uh, the fact that like we're being greenwashed very much so by a lot of corporations and schools and adults in our lives as children growing up I was told you know um, to support corporations that were abusive to animals and things like that so I questioned that from a very early age and uh and now a lot more with the advent of technology and the internet a lot more has come to light with that so I do think it's interesting and the older I get the just more dedicated and driven I am and a lot of that other stuff just comes easily to me and that's kind of where I a lot of my frustration comes stems from because I'm like if I can do that easily plus recognize these other things like there are no excuses so I have a really hard time with stuff like that being like why can't you change to products that maybe don't necessarily test on animals or something like that like it's not that hard where there's a will there's a way so um I'm tenaciously obnoxious in that regard and I know all of my friends and family would <laughs> agree with that and I'm very uh aware of it <laughs> so um it's it's an interesting uphill battle it feels like constantly so it's interesting that the indigo children are kind of labeled as a little more chaotic in that regard so I don't feel like I fit in in that way um but I just thought that was super interesting I knew nothing about any of this so so the next part is what I think is the most fun part of this episode for this you're going to either need to like open your notepad on your phone or um you know stop now and come back to this when you have a pencil and paper and or when you're able to like sit down and actually take notes in some way shape or form because we're going to figure out what your aura color is and what the heck that means and i'll let you guys know i took the exam prior to the episode and i'll let you know which one i got um and i also just wanted to preface this by saying that i put multiple i couldn't decide for some about three or four of them a few of the answers fit me so I put both and then I tallied uh both at, at the end of it so um I, I counted everything that I wrote down so there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten questions so I recommend just 
having a pen and pencil ready i'm going to ask the questions the letters go from a through g for each of them so i basically just wrote my letter and then i counted them up at the end so how many a's i got how many b's c's d's e's f's and g's but i enjoyed just figuring out the the letters first so pen and paper and be ready to write down one through ten uh letters a through g for each one which one resonates the most with you and if you want to put more than one like i did because i couldn't pick um i calculated it based off of that so what color is your aura according according to many metaphysical practitioners and believers aura colors are caused by vibrations every atom and molecule in the universe translates itself excuse me into patterns the patterns emanate from the body as vibrations and the human eye can be trained to perceive these vibrations as colors excuse me just as we cannot hear sound waves in the human ear aura colors are visible only to a minority of people but the human eye is gradually gaining the power to see aura colors, according to Gerald Hurd in his classic 1939 book, Pain, Sex, and Time. The aura color wheel consists of seven main colors, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. See, if this is your first time attempting to see someone's aura, position the person in front of a white background. Concentrate on one spot of the person's face, preferably the middle of the forehead for at least 60 seconds. Without taking your eyes off of the forehead, scan the outer edges of the head, shoulders, and arms. If the white around these areas is brighter, you have just witnessed the presence of an aura. Don't worry if it doesn't happen your first time. This method takes considerable concentration and patience. So on the other hand, it's a whole lot easier to sense a person's aura. Standing face to face with the person whose aura you're going to feel, place the palm of your hand six to eight inches away from the top of the person's head. Continue to keep that distance and slowly move your hands down the body, not only at the sides, but also around the entire body. Eventually, you will recognize a tiny fluffy effect as you work your way down the body. It will almost feel like you are squishing your hands into a feather light pillow. This is the electro magnetic energy so if you can feel the aura but cannot see it how the heck do you know what color it is so this is where the aura test comes in and i just wanted to interject i know i told some personal stories and my sensitivity to certain things and living in uh certain houses and uh, haunted houses and being um sensitive and having the ability to see certain things and being clairvoyant i always describe and i've know a few people that I've met have said the same thing um I see things I like see the molecules when I'm tuned in with my third eye um I see things in a very molecule based and I see kind of just like shapes moving throughout these I also see clear images in my mind and I've had like co-workers deceased loved ones pop into my head I've never met them or seen a picture of them and then I've seen that shift around them um, I see their, it's interesting, their physical shape, but in this molecule form. And then I'm able to be like, do they have like black hair and wear this specific hat all the time and say this specific thing? And it's usually dead on. So it's very weird. And I'm like, I don't know who this is, but they're really, they're next to you and they're related to you somehow, friend, family. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, at one workplace, I got the, I got the title of the office medium, which was funny after hitting the nail on the head so often, which was interesting. Um, so let's get that pen and paper 
pull up your notepad and I, what I will do is, is I will read the question and the answers twice. So question one, which of the following most closely describes your personality? A, energetic and forceful. B, thoughtful and considerate. C, healthy and friendly. D, sociable and people person. E, caring and helpful. F, spiritual and humble. G, tender and sympathetic. Again, one, which of the following most closely describes your personality? A, energetic and forceful. B, thoughtful and considerate. C, healthy and friendly. D, sociable and people person. E, caring and helpful. F, spiritual and humble. G, tender and sympathetic. Number two, this statement fits you. A, I anger easily. B, I like physical activities. C, I dislike rules. D, I communicate easily. E, I love to help others. F, I daydream. G, I enjoy learning new things. And again, number two, this statement fits you. A, I anger easily. B, I like physical activities. C, I dislike rules. D, I communicate easily. E, I love to help others. F, I daydream. And G, I enjoy learning new things. Number three, you would describe yourself as A, a loner. B, a risk taker. C, spontaneous. D, a nature lover. E, a good listener. F, a visionary. Or G, extremely sensitive. Number three, you would describe yourself as A, a loner, B, a risk taker, C, spontaneous, D, a nature lover, E, a good listener, F, a visionary, or G, extremely sensitive. Number four, overall you are A, realistic, B, confident, C, optimistic, D, outgoing, E, intuitive, F, curious, or G, idealistic. Number four again, overall you are A, realistic, B, confident, C, optimistic, D, outgoing, E, intuitive, F, curious, and G, idealistic. Number five, others say you are A, well-grounded, B, brave, C, creative, D, love-centered, E, highly spiritual, F, imaginative, G, independent. Number five again, others say you are A, well-grounded, B, brave, C, creative, D, love-centered, E, highly spiritual, F, imaginative, and G, independent. Number six, which of the following is your favorite? A, flowers, B, chocolate, C, shoes, D, rings or earrings, E, home furnishings, F, makeup, or G, candlelight dinner. Number six, again, which of the following is your favorite? A, flowers, B, chocolate, C, shoes, D, rings or earrings, E, home furnishings, F, makeup, and G, candlelight dinner. Number seven, you think of yourself as A, tenacious, B, strongly motivated, C, focused on a plan of action, D, a person with a benevolent character, E, a person with well-developed instincts, F, a modest individual, 
or G, a person who remembers their dreams. Number seven, again, you think of yourself as A, tenacious, B, strongly motivated, C, focused on a plan of action, D, a person with a benevolent character, E, a person with well-developed instincts, F, a modest individual, or G, a person who remembers their dreams. Number eight, if you weren't feeling well, what would be your most common ailment? A, nervous anxiety, B, body aches from overexertion, C, stomach, D, short of breath, E, sore throat, F, watery or dry eyes, G, headache. Number eight again, if you weren't feeling well, what would be your most common ailment? A, nervous anxiety, B, body aches from overexertion, C, stomach, D, short of breath, E, sore throat, F, watery or dry eyes, G, headache. Number nine, in the workplace you, A, work hard as a team player, B, prefer a challenge, C, like to work with your hands, D, strive to complete tasks flawlessly, E, feel guilty if you have to say no, F, feel your appearance take precedence, G, frequently end up in a leadership position. Again, number nine, in the workplace you, A, work hard as a team player, B, prefer a challenge, C, like to work with your hands, D, strive to complete tasks flawlessly, E, feel guilty if you have to say no, F, your appearance takes precedence, G, frequently end up in a leadership position. And number 10, lastly, an overall statement about yourself. A, I am sometimes blunt, but only because I wish to be honest. B, I love adventure and thrilling activities, even if they're a little little dangerous. C, activities like dancing and exercise can be fun. Actually, they're my favorites. D, I am an organized person who loves to be intellectually stimulated. E, Material possessions are not my priority. F. I sometimes feel like a fish out of water, especially in a large group. G. The environment is a major concern of mine. Number 10 again, an overall statement about yourself. A. I am sometimes blunt because I only wish to be honest. B. I love adventure and thrilling activities, even if they're a little dangerous. C. Activities like dancing and exercise can be fun. Actually, these are my favorites. D, I'm an organized person who loves to be intellectually stimulated. E, material possessions are not my priority. F, I sometimes feel like a fish out of water, especially in a large group. G, the environment is a major concern of mine. So now the next step is what I did is I wrote A, B, C, D, E, F, G in a row. And then I counted how many A's I got and wrote that number under it. I counted how many B's I got, how many C's. And like I said, for some of them, I just simply couldn't pick one. So I just counted all of those letters together. Um, The last question especially, like the environment is a major concern of mine and material possessions are not my priority. Definitely feel like a fish out of water. So I put all three. That was the only one I did three for. Um, But a few others I had two that I just, they were both so strongly... Uh, resonating with how I feel. So count your A's, your B's, your C's, D's, E's, F's, and G's right now. I'll give you a minute and um, and then we'll go from there. Feel free to even pause the podcast at this moment. 
I'll take a sip of my delicious. So now we're going to talk about what color is associated with what letter, and then we'll go on and talk about what those colors means. So if the, so, I had the most G's personally. So if the majority of your answers were A, your aura is predominantly red. If the majority of your answers were B, your aura is predominantly orange. If the majority of your answers were C, it's yellow. D, it's green. E, it's blue. F is indigo and G is violet and it's interesting whenever I've thought of my own I've always pictured violet for myself um, I've kind of been training and being helped trained by and being helped by mediums that I know in my life and um, that's just instinctually what I always felt and so it's interesting that that's what I tested as I love that um, if your answers are evenly divided between two or three colors this means your aura color fluctuates between those or you might have a combination of them. That's an easy way of saying, <laughs> I feel like an easy way of saying like, there are no wrong answers. <laughs> After um, taking the test, if you feel it was personally inconclusive, take heart. There's another method you can use to decipher your aura color. Check your closet. There will be many colors, but you are only interested in those found in, in the aura color wheel. Which one do you wear the most? Um, if you went to if you tend to wear a lot of black or tan what color accessories do you wear and a person who chooses a particular color ordering are you a person who chooses a particular color according to your mood that indicates a person whose aura changes quite frequently um so all of that aside let's get into what the heck those mean so hopefully you guys have your colors now what do they mean so if you got red, that means you are strong-willed, straightforward, energetic, forceful, well-grounded, a hard worker, a team player, active, competitive, realistic, impulsive, and overwhelmed by change. If a health issue arises, it will be due to anxiety. Orange. You are courageous, adventurous, thoughtful, considerate, self-assured, detail-oriented, and sometimes a lack in and sometimes lack in self-discipline. Health issues usually stem from the kidney or reproductive organs. If you got yellow, you're laid laid back, playful, creative, friendly, optimistic, and you avoid conflict. Feelings are easily hurt, timid, and mental alertness. Health issues relate to the spleen. Green. You're social, you love people, animal and natures, you're a good communicator, a perfectionist, quick-witted, organizer, impatient, trustworthy, and nurturing, and lungs are the indicated health issue. Blue means you're helpful, caring, spiritual, intuitive, generally at peace and content, understanding, peacemaker, steadfast, free thinker. Some pe believe that problems a person with this aura color may experience relates to the throat or thyroid. Indigo. Imaginative, daydreamer, curious, deep inner feelings, sometimes lack self-esteem, gentle, unassuming introvert, calm and modest. The eyes are the concern for the indigo aura people. Violet, idealistic, most sensitive and wisest of the colors, a seeker of truth, independent, intele independent, intellectual, extroverted, and authoritative. Sometimes people with the violet aura color have psychic power. Violet relates to the penile gland and nervous system. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I do think my color violet is pretty similar to what I am. Um, I'm constantly seeking truth. I'm super independent to the point that um, when I was very little, there's videos of me being like 
can you leave me alone right now? I have things to like think about and do. And I was like, I want to put myself to bed tonight. <laughs> like I was always just like, I got this. I've got better things to do. I want to use my time. Um, and I'm definitely uh, sensitive and um, authoritative in my extrovertedness because I think things should be a certain way. If there's like any sort of uh, like ethical compromise happening. So the older I get, the more I am like that. Um, and I definitely have some empathic powers and I don't know, I'm still learning about all that. So that's interesting. So yeah, I, I enjoy what I got and I love that the color is what I thought mine was anyway. I Like I said, this is all pretty new to me. I just kind of have been uh, working with people and met people through my studies in grad school and um, mediums that I've had the fortune to ha spend some time with and, and get to know. So um, I just thought this would be fun to delve into it. A lot of this was new to me also, so I hope that you guys had fun. I thought it was just a super funky, kind of like sidestep spooky little episode. Um, who knows? I mean, the whole like knowing psychic powers and everything and knowing things um and kind of uh being able to tap into that other plane and other realm that these indigo children's quote unquote do um i don't think that that's any different than kind of me experiencing spirit to a degree or um ghosts and hauntings like it, it it feels very connected to me so um yeah on that note I hope you guys had an awesome time learning about indigo children I wanted to cite the sources I got my information from the two beers were Twin City Brewing and um the Wild Beer Co and Tokalmato again uh lonerwolf.com oh scarymommy.com <laughs> And the uh, YouTube channel, excuse me, once again, was, uh, well, it's loading. Um, let's see, everydayhealth.com. And, oh, and I did want to talk about the book. I just wanted to mention it again. It's mentioned in the, in the video audio that we heard. It's called The Indigo Children, The New Kids Have Arrived, published in 1999 by Lee Carroll, L-E-E Carroll. Um, and the YouTube channel, again, is uh, from Vice, the Vice channel. And it was The Chosen Ones, Season 1, Episode 4, Inside the Strange Psychic World of Indigo Children. I'll definitely post that on our social media. So yeah, on that note, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed learning about this funky, off-the-beaten-track, spooky little thing um, known as Indigo Children. And write me if you have any opinions on this. If you think you are one, tell me what color you got on the test. I would love to hear about that. DM us on Instagram. Uh, PM us on Facebook. So... Yeah, on that note, happy haunting.